Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone. It's Pam, and thanks so much for joining me for episode 17 of the podcast. Well, it is still back to school time in most parts of the country. I don't know about you guys, but I've been seeing all the cute back to school photos, both homeschool and non-homeschool in my Facebook feed, watching everybody get just a little bit older. It's fun to compare those to last year. Sometimes we take back to school photos around here. I like to do it every once in a while. And sometimes I don't mostly because I just don't get it together to do that. I need to be better about that kind of thing. We do celebrate going back to school, though. We always go out and have donuts at Krispy Kreme Donuts for our back-to-school celebration, and Dad went with us this year, so that was really a lot of fun. Also, on the years that somebody starts kindergarten around here, we do the German kindergarten cones, the Chatulta cones, where I make them out of poster board and stick prizes in there. I only do them on kindergarten years, though, so sadly, this was our last year. I may have to come up with something else I can do every now and again. I don't like the pressure of having to do something big and elaborate every year. That's why we stick to the donuts. But um, we do have a few little fun back-to-school traditions that the kids really like. What about you guys? Do you have any back-to-school traditions that you do with your kids? I would love to hear all about them. If you would like to pop over to the show notes for this episode, that would be edsnapshots.com forward slash 17. And just leave me a comment there and let me know what kind of back-to-school traditions you have in your family. This week on the podcast, we are going to have... It's a great interview. I think you're going to really love it. The interview is with a lady named Shauna Wingert, and she blogs at nottheformerthings.com. And on her blog, she talks a lot about homeschooling her special needs kids. And she was just a great person to talk to. She was just a lovely, lovely personality And I really enjoyed our conversation. So we're going to get to that right after this message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Simplified Organization. Simplified Organization is an e-course by my good friend, Misty Winkler. And what I love about the course is it does a few things for you. First of all, it gives you the tools you need to help you get organized. Secondly, it gives you tons of great helpful tips. And finally, perhaps the most important part, Misty really addresses your attitude towards organization. I find that my attitude is often the biggest barrier I have to getting myself organized. And that's such a large part of the Simplified Organization course. So Misty has a great freebie for us today. Going into back to school and getting ready to get started with the new school year or maybe you're finishing up your homeschool planning, you probably have a lot of things jumbled up in your head. I know I do. And so Misty's freebie for us today is called the Brain Dump. So it's a PDF that you get to download for free. It's full of prompts that helps you take the first step towards getting organized which is getting all of the stuff that is floating around, swimming around, whirling around in your brain, out of your brain and onto paper so that then you can start doing something with it and think more clearly. So all you have to do is go to simplifiedorganization.com forward slash snapshots. And from there, you'll be able to grab your free brain dump download. 
And now, on with the podcast. Shauna Wingert is a blogger, a speaker, and a homeschooling mom to two boys. At her blog, NotTheFormerThings.com, she shares honestly about the joys and struggles of everyday life with children who have special needs. She is a source of wisdom and encouragement for families with special needs kids and for all homeschoolers who are trying to meet their children's unique needs one day at a time. Shauna, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is just awesome to have you on today. Well, could you tell me a little bit about your family? Yes, certainly. I am married. My husband, Mick, is a voice actor. We live in the LA area, and he actually does voices for animated shows and that kind of thing, which which kind of makes him a rock star as far as our kids are concerned. Oh, definitely. Um, And I have, yeah, right? You can imagine. And I do. I have two boys. My oldest is 12 years old, and he is just a brilliant child and also has high-functioning autism and anxiety disorder. And in addition to that, most recently, we found out that he also has Sogren's syndrome and lupus. So he's got some autoimmune issues that we are just now learning about for him and just getting comfortable with what that means for our lives. My youngest is nine and he too, and just in terms of testing, not just me as a mom bragging, uh, has a genius level IQ, but he also has some special needs. He is profoundly dyslexic and at nine years old is just starting to learn to read just the basics of what you would see like in kindergarten. But as I said, he's also incredibly gifted and is able to put his talents to use in ways that don't involve books. So we are pretty busy around here to be sure. Oh, it sounds like you are. Well, Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your homeschooling journey. Yeah, certainly. I was the person, not just the mom, that I will never homeschool. It's amazing and and a true testament to God's grace that we are where we are today. I have said in the past that I remember seeing a homeschool mom once at the park when my oldest son was very little. And I feel like I was so rude and judgmental in the conversation that I had with her. I wish I could go to her house right now and clean her kitchen for her. Like, I feel like I owe that to her. And at least I totally get it now. You know, we're kind of just on the regular kind of everyday path as far as education is concerned. My oldest was in school up until the end of second grade, and it was incredibly challenging for him to be in the public school environment. We did not know any of his diagnoses at that point, although it was pretty clear that there were some pretty significant differences between him and you know, other children his age, and it had been clear all along. School for him was just miserable. He was off the charts in terms of his intelligence, and so he he wasn't learning anything new, but was getting straight A's and, you know, and all the standardized tests and that kind of thing was in the 99th percentile, but struggled every single day with the environment itself, with, you know, even the sound of other children's pencils on the paper would get to him. He has profound sensory issues that made school just torture for my poor little boy. So recognizing how difficult that was for him and already kind of having my heart change towards what could this be like if he was home with me instead of having to go to school every single day and sort of fight this battle with him every single day, coupled with my husband's heart to homeschool, 
we went ahead and made the decision to keep him home after second grade. And that worked out well because my youngest was starting kindergarten. So my youngest has actually never been in a school environment. Both of them have continued homeschooling since then. Wow. Okay. Well, I was looking around on your blog and you you had mentioned there about your husband having a heart for homeschooling. So tell me a little bit about that because I've spoken to quite a few moms where the mom had to convince the husband. Right. Right. So (laughs) yeah, in our instance, it's it's totally different. We're we're an incredibly unique family. My husband is actually the boy's stepfather. And when we got married, prior to just through our courtship and that kind of thing, he had had a lot of conversations with me about homeschooling. And this was when my oldest was in first grade and I had been thinking about it. It wasn't something as a single mom that I felt like I was going to be able to pull off, although now I know many single moms that do it. But at the time, it seemed completely unreasonable. But as we grew closer and as we were kind of setting the foundation of our roles and our relationship and our family, it just became very clear that that's what God was calling us to do. So I was just blessed to have a man come into our life that not only loved me and loved my children like they're his own, but also had a heart to to keep me home and, and to homeschool them. So it worked out. It's amazing how this God, God's plan comes together, you know, when you look back over the course of time, because we really didn't know what we would be facing in terms of any of the special needs. If anything, we would have said my oldest was, you know, super, super smart. And that's why school wasn't working for him. But mm-hmm. as time has gone on, it's been just abundantly clear what an amazing choice and blessing this has been for our family. And it really, you know, the path was there from the beginning. We just kind of had to take the, the first step to, to get on it. It was the hardest part, to be honest. Making the decision to do it was not easy for, oh. for me in particular. But he was super supportive and so that certainly helped. Oh, yes. I'm sure the decision was was a struggle because it's so, yeah. you know, it's very difficult in any situation to kind of rethink those paradigms of how we've grown up and what, you know, what we know the world to be. And all of a sudden, we're going to tilt it on its head. But, right. um, you know, having a great reason like you did, mm-hmm. I, I know it didn't make it completely easy, but it was the push in the direction that you needed. It was. And it gave me the the heart behind it. So even if the technicalities weren't all worked out, and even if I wasn't practically sure about how any of it was going to go, I knew that it was the right thing for him. And so my, my mama's heart was all in before everything else was. So that was good. I love that. It gave you the heart. That's yeah. really neat. Okay. Well, are you ready for a multiple choice question? I sure am. Okay. Well, your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? Would it be A, Persuasion, B, Plato's Dialogues, C, War of the Worlds, or D, Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors? Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, on some level, probably all of them. But if I had to to really pick one that I think would define our homeschool, it has to be the Shakespeare's Comedy (laughs) Fairs. I, yeah. So with my children, because they are so dramatically different, I feel like it's all trial and error around here. And most of the time, more error in terms of how their mom learns so that they can then start to learn. So I got to settle on D. There you go. But you know what? Mm -hmm. It's just we're learning every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what's the most important skill you want your kids to learn Mm. from you before they grow up and leave your home? You know, I think because of 
just sort of the uniqueness of how they have been created. What I would say is the most important thing to me is that they have the ability to learn and to interact with the world. So to be able to explore and learn about the world and be able to interact with the world well in such a way that they are able to you know, fulfill whatever purpose God has for their lives. I think the uniqueness of our circumstances, particularly for my oldest son, although this does come into play with my youngest as well, is that they often feel a difference and a disconnect between themselves and other children and other people in the world. And they know that there is something different about them. And we've had a lot of conversations about different not being less and different being design. But I think that as they get older, the one skill that I want to equip them with is the ability to feel well with that and be able to interact in the world in such a way that they can achieve whatever it is that God is calling them to and not feel like that's going to get in their way. Right. That's a great one. Well, mm-hmm. Shauna, do you have a designated space in your home for doing school or are you kind of like all over the place homeschoolers? <laughs> You know, I started out with one and then it occurred to me that school at a desk wasn't really working very well for my son. And so why was I trying to recreate what I had just pulled him out of? And so very early on, we kind of got rid of that. We do have sort of the place where we start, which is the kitchen table, but I'm usually the only one sitting. My youngest is kind of the opposite of my oldest. So my oldest is kind of a sensory avoider. He doesn't really like moving his body. It's difficult for him to do so. And with some of his medical issues, it makes sense that that's the case for him. But my youngest is, he has more energy than the rest of our family combined and never sits still. If he's still, it's because he's hanging upside down somewhere, I like to say. (laughs) So we might start at the table, but it's usually with me sitting and kind of walking through the plan. And from there, everybody just kind of goes their different ways. If I had to pick one place that I do the most structured learning for each of them, for my youngest, it would be on the trampoline. I bring everything out and sit on the trampoline and he bounces or rolls or lays or jumps or does handstands and we go through almost you know anything that's a read aloud or anything that I can sort of take on for him where he doesn't have to be seated and riding. We do that out on the trampoline. And then for my oldest, oftentimes, especially as he's been ill, we are like laying in his bed and we'll lay there and go through books together or he'll show me different things that he's learning on YouTube about computer builds and that kind of thing. And sometimes he dictates book reports to me and I'll sit on the edge of his bed and do it. But we definitely don't have a defined space and and even less than that. I think that we have been super individualized in terms of just allowing them to learn where they learn best. And if that happens to be the trampoline or the bed, then more power to them. There you go. Yeah, we, um, yeah. we've we utilized the trampoline a few times ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of the kids' it's favorite amazing places. how much you can get done, right? Yeah, it really is. Take a big stack of read aloud books out there and you mm-hmm. can get through a lot of things while they jump, for sure. Yeah. Well, when you started out homeschooling and you know you said you were very reluctant to do so, What was the best piece of advice that you received as a new homeschooling mom? I think it was exactly what I soon began to realize and internalize, although I need the reminder every now and again, and that is you took them out of school for a reason, so don't try and recreate school at home. I think that because I was 
the girl who loved school. I loved worksheets and pin. I still do. Like anything office supply oriented makes my heart sing. I liked having a desk. I organized my desk. You know, everything about sort of a typical school environment actually worked really well for me as a learner. And so that's my comfort zone and where I tend to go when I get nervous about their learning and or their lack of progress. I kind of want to go back to, let's just get a worksheet out and sit down and do it and that'll prove that you're learning what you need to learn. (laughs) And so like the best advice and the advice that I need to be reminded of every now and again is that, you know, that, that environment is not ideal for the children that I have been blessed with. And so stop trying to recreate that environment. It's not working. So it might work best for me, but it's not going to work best for them. All right. That's good. Well, what advice do you wish someone had told you, you know, those years ago? I think, and and maybe it wasn't even those years ago, because for me, what was really a turning point in our homeschool was when we did receive uh, the diagnosis for both boys. We actually got them within a year of each other. And what was interesting to me at the time was that everyone assumed that I would then put the boys back in school because, you know, now they would need some sort of special education program and particularly with my oldest with autism, doesn't he need this? And don't you want to have intervention? And, you know, you can get all that for free if you just go to the school, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, that was surprising because I felt like, well, now, now it makes sense. Now it seems like this is the best possible place for them because they can have a very individualized approach and one-on-one attention and they can take their time and not be compared to their peers. And what I wish someone would have said to me in that time frame is absolutely, like go for it. I think that there are there are more resources now than there were even a few years ago, but there are still very few resources for parents who are trying to help their kids learn at home with special needs. And those that do exist, I think are, are helpful, but I don't think they really get into the heart and the mindset of the parent and really what it what it means, what you're taking on, what it requires of you in terms of not just the day-to-day with your children, but, you know, really being their advocate for other resources outside of your home, whether that's therapies or intervention from doctors and that kind of thing. There's just so much that goes into this. And homeschooling is another layer that I have found affects everything else. And I would have loved to have had someone said, and you can do it. Like this is not only an option, but it is a very doable option. And in the long run, it might actually save you time, effort, energy, and a lot of heartache for you and for your children. So that's the time frame where I wish I would have had someone speak into our homeschooling journey for sure. Well, and you've said on Not the Former Things that you think homeschooling your boys actually makes your life easier. You know, when people say to you, well, why don't you put them back into school Mm -hmm. and, you know, you think Mm -hmm. it makes your life easier. You know, I joke about that. I say, (laughs) I do not want to have to get up and fix lunches and get, you know, have to be at the school on time and and things like that. But I have a feeling that there are some very serious things behind what you're saying there. So, you know, I I think a lot of people are surprised by that, given your situation. Can you explain Mm -hmm. why you think it makes your life easier? Absolutely. I, you know, I answer that all the time because it's true. I mean, I, I do believe that our life is fundamentally 
much easier because of our decision to homeschool. And really, it's just for very practical reasons that have to do with kind of the uniqueness of our circumstances. Part of having a spectrum diagnosis for my son, and I know for many kids, is that sleep is a luxury that is not often afforded to him. He struggles with his brain and his body shutting down enough to be able to get really any rest, much less a good night's rest. And so, you know, on a most basic level, when he is up, you know, from two o'clock in the morning on for the rest of the day, we can take that day and slow it way down. We can take that day and maybe just use it to get out and about and go on a field trip somewhere and get some fresh air. We can use it to lay in bed and watch YouTube videos about, you know, Venezuela or whatever he happens to be studying at the time. It gives us the flexibility to not have the special needs that that are a part of our lives define our lives. I think that if, you know, there was some sort of requirement to force him out the door to get to school on a morning like that, or... You know, if he if we chose to stay home and have him stay home, at some point he has to make up all that school time, right? The way that the school system works, I feel like he would constantly be, in a way, punished for the reality of how he's made and of the circumstances that he's dealing with. And for my youngest, dyslexia is, the more I learn about it, the more it's wildly fascinating to me because... The dyslexic brain is incredible. I mean, my son was tested in terms of like visual spatial relationships and he is off the charts in how he sees things three-dimensionally and what he can build. And, you know, I can't wait to see what he's capable of as an adult and how God uses him in this world. But in the meantime, that would mean that if he were in school he would be subject to, and I would then be as his parents coming in for parent teacher conferences and IEP meetings and that kind of thing, having to deal with the part of his brain that is the most difficult for him instead of the part that is what is helping him be successful. The thing about dyslexia is, you know, some days it makes sense and his brain's kind of clicking and other days, like he can look at the word the, and it's like, he's never seen it before in his entire life. And when we have those days, we don't spend a ton of time on remedial reading. It's just, it's not where he's at on that particular day. We'll pick it up on the next day. And usually we get right back on track and actually end up ahead in terms of his reading curriculum. That to me is easier. Like I, Although I'm the one doing the work in terms of their progress and in terms of our ability to flex to their most innate needs, I think it's easier to be able to, to, to meet their needs in such a way that we're accommodating, you know, just how they're made, the, the uniqueness of how they're made. And in the long run, I think that has made them much more encouraged learners. I don't think that they resist learning as much as they would if they were in an environment that was constantly hammering the things that are difficult for them instead of the things that are natural strengths. So, you know, it might be harder in terms of the day-to-day schedule, but that's probably the only way that it's more difficult. I think overall for our family, it's a lot easier. Well, how do you answer someone who might be critical of your ability to teach children Mm -hmm. with special needs. You know, you have a son who's been diagnosed with dyslexia Mm -hmm. and some Mm -hmm. people might say, well, this child needs to be somewhere where he can receive help from a specialist. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. What do you say to that? 
the first like sort of knee jerk reaction that I have is that I actually went to school to be a special education teacher. So talk about how God works everything out. I didn't end up doing it. I actually ended up working in adult learning and development, but that was part of what I pursued when I was in college. So I did go into this with a little bit of understanding, not a lot, particularly in regards to dyslexia. So what I would say independent of that, and probably much more importantly than that, is that there are tons of resources available both in person in terms of therapists that can help support and resources online that are wonderful tools for a parent who is trying to learn as much as possible about how to really individualize a learning plan to their child's learning needs or learning deficits in some instances. The other thing that I would say, particularly with dyslexia, is that most classroom teachers don't have any formal training in how to identify and how to help dyslexic children read. And so while They might have a reading specialist that comes in a couple times a week and pulls out a handful of children and works with them for 20 to 30 minutes. The truth is, is that they're actually not getting in the school system a daily sort of focused, devoted learning that is designed around their unique needs. Now, I did have my son in what's called educational therapy, which is basically a specialist that understands different learning differences, particularly dyslexia for a year. And one of the things that she did during the course of that year was also met with me. I paid her her hourly rate and she taught me what she was doing with him and sort of helped me come up with these different activities and different resources that I could use at home. Since he only saw her one time a week, I had him the other four days that he was trying to learn. And so that was incredibly beneficial. And then again, particularly with dyslexia, there is a great website called Homeschooling with Dyslexia. It's by a mom that has had seven children with dyslexia, Mm -hmm. that she has successfully homeschooled and she's trained in Morton Gillingham and all the things that come along with it. And she is a wealth of knowledge. Like I have scoured every single thing that she puts out there because She not only helps with the dyslexia piece, but with the homeschooling piece. And so it's a way to put it together. I think there are, there are a lot of resources out there for parents that there are in this instance. In many ways, I feel like I'm probably more knowledgeable than the average classroom teacher is really for both of my children, but especially in regards to specific reading remediation as it relates to dyslexia. Yeah. I can remember my classroom teaching days and I typically did the secondary grades, but even with my one year with sixth grade, I had no training in recognizing right. dyslexia. And I was a language arts teacher, so I could definitely see where that would that and would be. And I the case. understand, right? Like I don't I don't know as a classroom teacher how you manage the number of students that you have and be able to provide the one-on-one individualized support and attention that a child like my son would need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's certainly no, it's not to discredit anyone that's in that field. It's just not the reality of what is trained and what and what is sort of expected in the school system. So I do have to answer that question a lot. I will say, unfortunately, I think that there is this thought that if they're If there's a uniqueness to your child in terms of their needs, especially when they're related to learning needs, that the professionals need to come in and and take over. And I think that the truth is, is that our our homeschool, I think, is a lot like anyone else's. It's just they, their 
I think any mom looks at who their child is when they're one-on-one with them and trying to help them learn in a homeschool environment and tries to figure out how to get them to the next level. The same is true for my children. I've just needed some extra books and resources and time and ideas to be able to get them to the next level. But, you know, at a high level, it's the same approach that any other mom would take. Well, speaking of that, what is your Mm -hmm. favorite subject to teach? Oh, goodness. So again, I am very different from my children. (laughs) (laughs) So if it's just about me and not about learning at all, it would be language arts. It would be anything related to literature and poetry and reading. I mean, even writing paragraphs. I I love that. I love it. My children, however, and their excitement level goes through the roof when it comes to, you know, anything geography or history related. I think because they both sort of have a very hands-on approach to how they learn. Those are the ones that have the, the grittiest stories and the greatest resources in terms of being able to, you know, go take a field trip to Australia online if we choose to do so. And so, you know, truth be told, I think I have to answer the latter is my favorite. And it's because I have such engaged, excited learners. (laughs) That does make a difference. It does make a difference. What would be your least favorite subject to teach? Math. Oh, my gosh, math. And, (laughs) And across the board, math. And I know it's like... So many moms say that. And here's, I feel like I have a good reason. (laughs) First of all, I was not a math person. But I went into this thinking, I, you know, when I worked in businesses in my adult learning and development career, I actually learned a lot of math. I did a lot of really practical everyday math and learned more probably in that environment than I did in school. And so I went into this homeschooling thing thinking, I... I've got this math thing figured out. We're going to learn math. You know, sure, we'll have, you know, the basic curriculum, but we're going to use it in like the real world and it's going to be great. And the truth is, is my children in math are like oil and water. I mean, the good news is, is I think in terms of real world math, they do quite well. Both of them are capable of, you know, adding things together in their head when we're out shopping. And my oldest can figure out volume of an aquarium because he loves saltwater aquariums and that kind of thing. But neither of them have just cognitively the ability to hold on to multiplication tables. You know, anything that's wrote sort of memorization learning associated with math is a struggle. And mm-hmm. it makes it makes learning tough for us, to be sure. I'm at the point right now with my oldest where I'm ready to to say we've we've hit our limit and we're moving into the calculator phase and we'll go from there. But you know, I think it's important, even if they never, you know, nail down the multiplication tables as far as their memory is concerned, I want them to have a shared experience with other kids. It's important to me that they get that this is kind of how it works. Like this is what you start with and then you move on when you get into higher level math. And this is true for your friends that are homeschooling. This is true for your friends that are in school. You know, I kind of look at it that way. So I haven't given up yet, but it's kind of like we all things. must suffer together. You know, <laughs> that's right. We're all in this together. We're going to, you know, we'll make it. And even if we don't, we'll say we died trying. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Well, do you have any resources that you would recommend to families with special needs children who are contemplating homeschooling or just starting out with homeschooling? Yes. I do. So I mentioned Homeschooling with Dyslexia. It's a website that not only has, you know, very detailed, very practical information available for anyone that is homeschooling with dyslexia, but Marianne McAlvett that runs the website also does 
actually like webinars, like training courses that you can take that I have found to be very helpful. She just walks you through basically how you would do it. I think that's Marianne Sutherland. It's Marianne Sutherland, yes. yeah. And, and we can include a link to that helpful. in the show notes for the show. Yeah, for please the- do. And I, here's the thing. I would recommend if anyone has any learner that is really struggling with learning differences, maybe it's not dyslexia, maybe it has nothing to do with reading. Her first course in that teacher sort of coursework that I was talking about, and many of her blog topics that she has on the site have a lot more to do with an individualized approach than they necessarily do with dyslexia and reading. And I think that could be a resource just for kind of getting your wheels turning and thinking about what this could and maybe will look like if if a parent is thinking about doing this. I find her to be relatable even when I'm thinking through how to help my my oldest learn when, you know, he taught himself to read at three and a half. So, you know, nothing on the dyslexia site, you know, intuitively is going to make sense in terms of, you know, very specific learning for him, but it does help kind of in the overall approach to learning. I think she speaks a lot to that about you know, kind of taking back our expectations and looking at the reality and thinking through how best to teach that. The other, this is not a homeschooling book or a homeschooling resource, but it's it's one of the ones that's made the most profound difference in my journey of homeschooling my son with particularly in regards to autism and his brain and how it works and how to kind of draw him out into engaging and learning. And that book is The Spark, A Mother's Journey of Nurturing Genius and Autism. And it's by Christine Barnett. And her son was diagnosed with autism very young, was actually nonverbal and within the special education system up until he was, I think, four years old. And she just didn't see the progress that she thought he was capable of. And granted, he's a very sort of extreme example because he ended up being like a physicist at 16 and went to college at eight and all of that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. If you take that part out, most of the book is about her heart to figure out what makes him tick and use that to help him learn and progress, not just in terms of academic subjects, but everything, the way he's interacting with the world, hygiene, you know, basic scheduling, that type of thing. And she happened to run her own school at the time. I think it was a preschool. But she started doing classes at this school for other parents to come in and work with their children as well that had autism or that have autism and taught the other parents how to do the same. So, you know, the book is not, she's not a homeschooler, but she kind of was a homeschooler, right? <laughs> she did a lot of things independent of the school system that were pretty phenomenal, you know, just all in listening to her mother's heart and paying attention to her child and then creating processes around that to help him continue to grow and develop. And I read that book probably once a year just to remind myself that it's in there. He doesn't see the world the way that I see it, but it doesn't mean he's not seeing it. You know, it's just finding ways to draw him out and really help him have access to whatever it is that I'm hoping he will learn. And oftentimes because of his IQ, you know, it's not science, it's not even math. It's taking a shower every day or interacting with the kids at the park or, you know, whatever it may be. All of those things are included in our in our homeschooling life as they would be in a special education classroom. And so I think her book is phenomenal for dealing with that and would be helpful for any parent who's homeschooling, I think, but particularly any parent that is considering homeschooling a child with special needs. 
great resources. Thank you. Thank you. Well, are you ready for a pop quiz? <laughs> I am. Okay. Like I said, I was the schoolgirl, so now I'm getting all excited. Oh, I'm she's back. cracking her knuckles over there. <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm going to ace this one. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Chocolate or vanilla? Oh, chocolate. All day long. Pen or pencil? Pen. Talker or listener? Mm, I want to be a listener, but I'm such a gabber. It makes my children crazy, but I have to say talker. <laughs> fiction or nonfiction? Again, if I'm answering for all of us, I have to say nonfiction. Cat person <laughs> or dog person? Okay, we have like 18 pets in our house of all varieties. So we have both, but me personally, I'm a cat person. Okay. Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Oh, Star Wars. Gotta do Star Wars. Ocean or mountains? Hmm. Ocean. Essay or project? Again, if it were just me, I'd say essay. But for our homeschool, I have to answer project. <laughs> Shauna, thank you so much for being with me today. Where can people find you online? Well, I am, as you mentioned, at nottheformerthings.com. And we also have a great Facebook page at Not The Former Things that is not just me, but all kinds of parents who are uh, just super engaged there talking about what's going on with their kids and what they're learning and tips and tricks that they're trying and that kind of thing. So if anyone wants to find me, either of those two places are the best place to start. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Completely my pleasure, Pam. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Well, there you have it. I just love how Shauna is all about celebrating the uniqueness of both of her boys and going out of her way to meet their needs. Now, if you're looking for any of the resources that Shauna shared, you can go to edsnapshots.com forward slash 17. And there you'll find the show notes for this episode. And you can find links to all of the resources there. You can find links to the brain dump there. And you can also find a spot there where you can leave Shauna and myself a question about anything that you heard in the podcast. And we would love for you to do that because we'll be sure to respond back to you. Well, that's it for this week. You guys have a fabulous couple of weeks and we'll be back soon with another great interview. And until then, keep on homeschooling.